Hi, everyone, and welcome in to Panthers Pathway here on the Pit Talk Network, a part of the Fan First Sports Network. It's the Panthers bye week, but it's been anything but with Pit news galore, all surrounding Pit quarterback with a question mark, Phil Dracovic, who, according to this guy joining me now, has a new position alongside Noah Hiles of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, one of my dear friends. I've known him for a while. Man, you have built yourself up from when the time that I met you and you were at the Beaver County Times. I was a young kid, a freshman at Robert Morris. We've really come a long way, haven't we? We have. I mean, we're you're still a young kid to me, Austin. Yeah. I, I mean, don't and don't take that as a slight. Like I, I see what you're doing. You're you're working your way up, and you're doing great work. But I mean, as someone, yeah, who met you before I could even buy you a beer. <laughs> on the first time I, I met you uh, at, at Permanis that one time in Moon Township, I, I yeah, I, it, you've come a long way, and you're still always going to be that young kid to me. Maybe just in the eyes, you're you're a better professional though. I will say that you've you've come a long way, and I guess I've did a little bit of growing too. But it's been it's been a crazy week, man. It really oh, has, man. And you've been at the center of it. First breaking that Phil Dracovic was no longer the pitch starting quarterback. And then the bombshell Thursday night that not only is Jurkovic out as the starting quarterback and relegated to the third string behind Christian Veyer and Nate Yarnell, he's going to try his hand at tight end? Yeah, and, you know, I, I think some people think this is like, here's the here's the logic behind it. And I, and I think when you look at it this way, it kind of makes sense where Pitt, needed to make a change on offense. And I don't think quarterback is the only change that needs made. And it's probably not the only change that's being made, but it's the most notable change because it's the most notable position in sports. So they bench Jakovic on I, probably either Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. He informs his teammates Wednesday morning in a players only meeting. He, he the coaches, Frank Signetti specifically goes and talks to the offense about it afterward. And the decision, I think, is significant because, like you pointed out, they didn't just move him to second string. He's not just one injury away from seeing the field. They basically said, look, dude, you're done. Like, the season is kind of over. Yeah. We need to plan for the future. And that future doesn't include you. You're a sixth-year senior. So we need, we need to see what we have behind you. Because Pitt right now needs to find out, does it have its starting quarterback next season on its current roster? Or does it need to go to the transfer portal again to find a starting quarterback? So that comes down to Nate Yarnell and Christian Bayer. And with that being said, you know, and I give props to Phil here, knowing that, hey, you're not going to play quarterback unless if something crazy goes. I, I don't think they would burn Ty Diefenbach's red shirt. I think if both Yarnell and Bayer got hurt, he would come in and play. But rather than being a third stringer, this guy had the, the awareness to recognize, look, like I'm probably never going to play quarterback again, especially not at the next level. But he's six foot five. He's 235 pounds. He has some wheels to him, I think. I think he's kind of mobile. He has the size to play tight end. Now, how much will we see Phil Dracovic at tight end this year? Probably not a lot. I mean, there, he has seven games to learn this position. I think eight weeks, because including this week, because he started running routes with the team yesterday, being Thursday. Um, I think it takes a little bit more time to learn tight end than eight weeks, personally. But I think 
this move is a long-term play on his end. I think that he's doing this in hopes that someone will see his athleticism and think, let's just give him a camp invite at the next level. Maybe he'll get a shot at like the XFL or the USFL. I know they're like merging now or something, but yeah, whatever. Like one of those leagues where he'll get a camp invite there or the Canadian league or something. I think he kind of recognized that just based on my body, I have a shot to do something at the next level at tight end. And I really don't have a shot to do that at quarterback. So will we see him? I mean, I don't think he's taking any snaps away from Gavin Bartholomew. And they kind of use Carter Johnson as like an H-back role already. So, and, and Malcolm Epps, who knows what you have there. Um, I, I can't imagine they use him as a blocker at all. But maybe we see him lined up. But overall, this isn't like a move where it's like, Phil's going to be catching passes every week. At least I don't think it is. I think it's just more of a, hey, I'm going to be at practice rather than pouting and quitting the team. Let me work out somewhere else. That way I can at least get practice film out to some pro scouts and try to continue my playing career. You mentioned two things that really stood out to me the most when I saw that this was the case. One, taking potential snaps away from Gavin Bartholomew, who is your best weapon on offense. Yeah. I think he's truly an NFL tight end one day. Yeah. If you can mold him and just somehow find a way to get him the football athleticism off the charts, speed that and agility that I think is going to stand out the most at the combine pits pro day. He's going to play on Sundays. Why would you take away snaps from him? So it's probably not going to be too many, but when yeah. you have a high level defensive end that's rushing against Phil Jerkovic, the quarterback, how much in his entire life has he blocked dating back to Pine Richland? He didn't do it in college. It's just something that you ponder on and think to yourself, I mean, can Phil Dracovic really stand on the other side of a 270 pound defensive end and be able to protect the guy that just replaced him at quarterback? No, but I don't think you need to use him in those situations. I think in any situation they use him in, it's going to be him running downfield. Like he's going to be a route runner is what he's going to be because again, yeah, like he might have to like chip someone before he, he, go, he starts his route pattern or whatever, but like, I, I I don't think they'd be that crazy to just expect him to block a division one defensive end. Cause like you said, I mean, this guy's probably never thrown a block out of a three point stance in his life. He's probably right. been a quarterback since he was, uh, you know, since he started playing the game of football. So it'd be crazy to expect him to do that. But I think, yeah, there, there's more, more of this is just a long-term play. He's going to work at blocking for the rest of the season at practice. That's where he's going to maybe face some defensive linemen or edge rushers or outside linebackers um, in those situations. But if we see him on the field, he's going to be split out wide, or maybe he'll just be right off to the edge uh, behind Gavin, who's like in a three-point stance. But the blocking is going to be minimal. There's there's just no scenario where <laughs> he's going to be taking reps from Gavin Bartholomew. There should have been. If he's taking reps from anyone, it's going to be like Jake Renda. And, and and that's not like the end of the world, considering Renda's got some eligibility, more than a few years of eligibility left. So, so now that the Phil Dracovic quarterback days are over, at least at Pitt and who knows what might happen in the future with any other future leagues or whatever, 
what is the main story that people are going to remember? Because for the most part, it was a true, utter disaster for Pitt and for Phil. Yeah, and that's and that's a shame, man. Like I, I will say, like you don't root for for teams in this industry, uh, especially ones you, that you cover. But like, I think it's completely acceptable to root for a good story. Like mm-hmm. you, you want to see interesting stuff happen. And, and don't get me wrong, like I wasn't rooting for him to be benched, but like the news has been beneficial for me this week, no doubt. Um, and you want to write about interesting stuff, but like. It would have been an incredible story to write if this guy who's had ups and downs since leaving Pine Richland returns home, last shot, and it all works out. He had a chance to start against Notre Dame and Boston College, two schools he played against, or played for, I should say. Um, and like, how cool would it have been if he, if he led Pitt to wins against both those teams? How cool would it have been if he like played himself into a spot where he could be an NFL quarterback? Incredible here. Yeah. It it would have been a great story. It would have been a great thing to chronicle. It did not happen. And unfortunately right now he's going to be remembered as a punchline, at least as a quarterback where it, 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 like you, you hear how people talk about Tino Sinceri and even how people talk about Keaton Slovis. Maybe they won't be talking about him like that anymore after what's happened this year, but still, I mean, it's, it's going to be bad as far as his reputation at Pitt. But I do think it should be noted that this guy didn't quit. This guy owned all of this. He, he, he told his teammates, rather than letting the coaches do it, this is a guy who appreciated the fact that his teammates went to bat for him in front of the media game after game after he struggled. So he wanted to be the one to let them know that his time at as the offense's leader is over. Um, and he, he wanted to stick around. He didn't need to stick around. This guy already has his college degree from Boston college. He's made his NIL money. He could get on with his life's work and he's got a degree from Boston college. Like he's he's probably going to be having a better looking bank account than me and you currently have Austin, you know, like it's just, that's just the reality reality of it. So, but he did it. He stayed, he committed, he remained committed to the Pitt Panthers football program And he's doing what he can to help. And I think that that's admirable. And I think it would be an incredible story if this guy gets in a game and catches a touchdown or whatever. I think that that would be really cool. Um, And, you know, and I'm not rooting for Pitt to win any games or whatever because it's not my job to root for Pitt. It's my job to be objective. But I would love to see Phil Dracovic get in and do something special because the guy – Guy's been through a lot, man. This 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 is just a really, really unfortunate way things have all played out. It's just natural as a human being to feel bad for him. Because right. it, there's just so much that has gone wrong and expectations and everything. But truly, this is a guy that is seeing his dream and his true life die right now and slip away. Yeah, in front of his hometown too. I mean, it would have been one thing if this was happening, if he went to, like, JT Daniels, like, went to Rice or something. You know, like, if he went to some Mac school or some school in the Sun Belt or even another Power Five somewhere, like, if he went to, like, Purdue or whatever, it would be one thing. But, like, this is happening in his hometown. The same people who are watching him on Friday nights 
when he was winning a state championship are booing him. Like 25 minutes away. Yeah, at Acrisure Stadium. The, the, the same TV stations that he used to watch, you know, replaying his highlights and, and, and covering his commitment to Notre Dame out of high school and the same radio station that he's getting interviewed on and the same newspapers that were writing all this great stuff about him. He's just getting destroyed on now. And he's, he's watching it all unfold. And it's got to be horrible for anyone. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say you're an act like I'm Phil's best friend. I will say that, like, I've had a lot of great conversations with Phil, especially before the season started. Um, and I feel like he's a decent guy. And it is it is a shame to see it all unfold for anyone, especially a guy like, you know, what we established, a, a hometown guy who had a really good opportunity in front of him. Joined by Noah Hiles of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. All right, so it is Christian – at quarterback, let's get his name pronunciation correct for everyone because when you look at it, everybody, I'm sure a lot of Pitt fans are saying like Veliu and Veyer and Veliere or all kind of different things. So what does Noah Hiles know about the right way to say Christian Veyer's name? It, it's Christian Veyer uh, or Veyer. Um, I think it's just Veyer. Yeah. But I, I think it more depends on how much of a Canadian accent you want to put into it. Um I don't know. I, I think Veyer is the right way to say it. So, so what is Pitt getting from him? We'll find out. Um, I, I think, and I wrote about this Friday morning and my five takeaways from this whole chaotic situation. Pitt is going to find out what it has currently and in the future at quarterback. Because you have two guys right now who are very identical in many ways. I mean, they're both Nate Yarnell and Christian Bayer are both redshirt sophomores. Both have really played the bulk of their time in college in one game. Bayers came at Penn State as a true freshman, where he came in against Rutgers and threw three touchdowns and looked really good. Helped Penn State win twenty-eight nothing. Yarnell came last year. Yarnell's came last year against Western Michigan where he completed, I think, 75% of his passes, 179 yards, a touchdown, helped them win on the road, helped Pitt win on the road. Uh, but that's really all we've seen from either guy. Uh, we've seen Veyer a little bit this year, I should say, two games, as opposed to Yarnell, who we haven't seen. Um, he completed not, not a lot of passes. <laughs> I think it's below 50%. He was intercepted three times in the second half against North Carolina. But that was in backup duty. You know, I'm interested to see what he can bring to the table as a starter. I think Veyer is the best athlete in that quarterback room as far as, you know, what he can do with his legs. I think he has the best arm. Um, but Yarnell might be a more stable style of a play if you if you get what I like, or if you understand, like, he he's kind of more, I don't want to call him a game manager, but I think he's probably, he might be the better fit for this offense right now. Now, how much longer will Pitt be running this offense? That's up to be determined. But I think Yarnell is a guy who's going to potentially make less mistakes. He probably has a lower ceiling, but he's got a lower floor. Where Veyer, um, the athleticism is there, but I think there's still concern on how comfortable he is in this current offense. Yeah, the least most popular person in the entire city of Pittsburgh is the offensive coordinator. Pretty much for the Steelers, for Pitt, all the above. It's not a good day to be an offensive coordinator no. in uh, Boo City, PA. But what do you think of the offensive line 
they, they haven't meshed very well. It, it's it's not been good. And just the connection overall between trying to find running lanes for Rodney Hammond, pass blocking, there's just been so much where you point at and corrections, corrections, errors all over the place. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, Austin, this offensive line has had the same group of seven guys for the last three-plus seasons. When you really go down the list, and maybe you go back a little bit further, you add in like one or two more guys, but since that eight, you go from 2021, they played Owen Drexel, Marcus Miner, Jake Cradle, Gabe Hoy, Carter Warren, and then Matt Gonsalves and Blake Zubovic have been there in the rotation. And then one of them goes down, you plug in someone else, and they've all kind of played all over the ball. But because of that COVID year, and because of redshirting and everything else, I mean, that depth has looked really good, but it's been yep. the same guys. And now you look, Cradle and Gonsalves and Zabovic are the only ones left of those names I mentioned. Jacoby was another guy who got rotational play last year, but he's out for the season. Branson Taylor came in midway through, and I thought he played really well last year, a lot better than he's playing this year. But it's easier to play well when you have more experienced people around you. And also easier to block for a guy who's an All-American running back. So I just think that right now you're just seeing a lot of growing pains, if if I were to sum it up. You look, I mean, there there aren't a lot of uh, – Zubovic's the only real experienced guy playing for Pitt's offensive line right now with Gonsalves out for the season, Jacoby out for the season, and Cradle out indefinitely. Um, Terrence Moore, I think and, – and a lot of these guys do, I think, have – high ceilings. There's a lot of potential here with, I think Terrence Moore is going to be a good football player. I think BJ Williams will be a, a really good football player. And, and I, and I'm pretty high on Ryan bear as well. I think Branson Taylor is going to figure things out, but you can't have a whole bunch of guys figuring things out at the same time, because especially at that position, everyone needs to be clicking. And when there's one weak link on a specific play, the whole thing kind of falls apart. And while if you look at the film, more often than not, like three of the five guys or four of the five guys are doing their job on those bad plays. But all it takes is one person for it to crumble. And when you have that amount of inexperience and growing pains, and especially with the combinations, you know, just shuffling guys around, moving guys from the left to the right side, from guard to tackle to center or whatever, it's just going to create a lot of confusion. You need to build experience. You need to build chemistry. And that's what get, that's what's going to be the focus for the rest of the year. And so many guys went off to the NFL from last season's team. I mean, talent everywhere. Obviously, Cancy, Dennis, everybody from the secondary, seemingly other than MJ Devonshire, was pretty much replaced. Eric Howlett comes to mind as a guy that I think Pitt is missing. And we know how great McMillan has been, Peters Township guy, Donovan McMillan coming back from Florida. 16 tackles against West Virginia obviously stands out. But has there been anybody else that you've noticed, you've seen that it has really done anything on the defensive side of the ball? Pat Narduzzi's defense has been a little just lackluster for me this year and disappointing. No, I, I, I think it should be noted that Pitt doesn't have a star player this year. I think there are future stars on this roster, all over the roster, but they're just not ready yet. If you and, and if you look at how this team won last year, it relied heavily on its stars. On offense, it was two players. It was Izzy Abanacanda and Jared Wayne. 
Those were the two guys who were responsible for a bulk of that offensive production in each win and in each loss. But on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, you have five guys go to the NFL, or four, excuse me, with, with, with Servasia Dennis, with Kalijah Canty, with Eric Hallett, with Brandon Hill, and they're all in the middle of the field. And while their replacements haven't necessarily played poorly, it's just they haven't been able to match that level of produ- production. And should we be surprised by that? No. It's just other guys on the lineup, it, It's their replacements haven't been as good, and the other guys, the Dayon Hayes, the the you know Shane Simons they've been fine but they just haven't been able to be all Americans I they guess they don't have the reps yeah well I mean those guys did like Shane Simon has the reps and and so does David Green and so does uh and so does Ben Gali Kamara and all those guys when he's healthy but it's just not everyone's an all-American and it helps to have them you win typically the teams that win a lot of games have the best players and right now, Pitt's top players on defense, especially, are just solid. They're not superstars right now. And that's just going to happen. And I, I think as we go forward, the defense is going to get better. It, every year in the Narduzzi era, the defense gets better as the season moves, progresses. I mean, you look in 2021, that defense allowed 44 points to Western Michigan. Looked a lot better later in the year when it was dominating Sam Hartman in the ACC title game, right? You look at last year. I mean, it it struggled against West Virginia. Against, I mean, everyone's defense struggled against Tennessee last year, but as the year went on, that defense became the focal point of that team, especially when it won out. In those five games, it was getting takeaways. Kalaja Kansi just got better and better each week. I think that's going to happen this year, and I don't know if it's going to be able to match that high level of production but this was a defense that going into the year that knew it's like, Hey, we can't win every football game. Like we kind of did last year. You guys are going to have to do a little bit more than just rely on the run game and time of possession and, and have us score points, get takeaways. Like we're going to need to win some games 35, 30, not just 24, 17. And that just hasn't been the case. Uh, Offense is, Kind of, I think, hurt the defense a little bit in that sense where that's what happens when you replace a lot of really good players. So one and four overall for Pitt, and the road gets even more difficult. Four ranked teams out of the next seven games. You're going to face Louisville, Notre Dame on the road. Good luck. Florida State, who looks like they can make the playoffs. And that'll probably be another primetime game for you, Noah. 8 p.m. kickoff, maybe, depending on how Pitt is. At that point, how many primetime games has it been for Pitt? It has been, it's been every game. They, yeah. They've had a game, every game besides Wofford, Wofford. has been 6.30 or later. Um, and that's going to continue. I think they only have three more chances for a non-primetime game. They don't have a time for Wake Forest. They don't have a time for Florida State. And they don't have a time for... Duke's that last uh, rank. Yeah, and Duke. Yeah, those are the three games they don't have a time for. But everything else... They, they don't have one noon kickoff scheduled. They have a 3.30 scheduled against Notre Dame, um, and everything else is late at night. So, I mean, RIP to my sleep schedule, but, you know, hey, that's show business, baby. There's no big uh, big noon kickoff games whatsoever in the uh, 
in the ACC. Uh, Finally, want to get your thoughts since we're both on the beat for it. Pitt basketball. uh, Talked to some of the guys in the last couple of weeks. Jeff Capel. You're absolutely nothing to do with basketball with Blake Henson. Nothing but just everything. Anything but basketball. Anything but basketball. Stumbling over my words. Easy for me to say. It's fantastic. What are your thoughts overall um, just on this Pitt basketball season upcoming? It's very early in the process, but new guys in the fold, Zach Austin, it's legit. There's there's so many different guys for Pitt this year. Young guards that, I mean, Jalen Lowe is going to be a major focal point, but what have you seen so far? Um, Something to be excited about for Pitt fans, which is desperately needed right now. Uh, you know, they're not getting their volleyball fix or the soccer team, shout out to the women's soccer team beating Duke. Uh, I was at that game while I broke the Jacobic news last night. I saw that. Very impressive. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I think there's actual reason to be excited about this group. Um, I, I don't know how good they'll be. I think they, they, their ceiling is kind of what it, t- similar to what it was last year, except it will it will mean more this season because there's only going to be one guy really leaving. Like, it, it's it's going to be – a heavy dose of Blake Henson this year, which is fun for everyone, right? He, he's a fun guy to talk to. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he was top three leading scorers in the ACC. I wouldn't be shocked if he led the ACC in scoring because that's kind of how this team's going to be built, especially due to all of its inexperience in the backcourt. But this team's going to be fun. It's going to be competitive. And I think that finally, even if it doesn't make the tournament, this team is finally going to have a foundation and it's going to show that, that it's like, Hey, you know, sure. Like this team might be an NIT team. It might hover. It might not reach 20 wins. It might come close. It it would probably have a winning record, but it's going to leave pit fans, regardless if they go to the sweet 16 or make the NIT or whatever. I think that there's a very strong chance that when this basketball season ends, pit fans are going to be like, we're going to be really good next year because I don't, I don't see a lot of one-and-done guys or NBA guys on this roster. And Capo's a really good guy when it comes to building culture. So I think if these guys buy in, they're going to want to stick around. And they're going to go through growing pains, but there's some good players here, and they're going to get some valuable experience. And if they reach a tournament, that's great. If not, they're going to set a really good foundation up for the program as a whole moving forward. Noah, really appreciate your time. Try to get as uh, much rest as you can on this bye week, okay? I'll do. I'll do. I mean, the bye week's pretty much over. We yeah. got like two more days, and then I gotta go to war with Narduzzi on Monday. So, you know. But thanks for having me on, Austin. It's been fun. Well, enjoy it. Noah Hiles, Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Really appreciate it here on Panthers Pathway. It's the bye week for Pitt. Upcoming, the Louisville Cardinals next week, Acrisure Stadium, six thirty kickoff as the Panthers under. New quarterback and Phil Dracovic moving to tight end now. We're going to try to get things going against the Cardinals.